prostitution is considered the world's oldest profession. In order to hunter and farmer, that's probably right. If people like and want sex and they're willing to give you what you need in exchange, it's not elite to see prostitutes developing alongside brewers and warriors. It's been with us since the beginning of time and probably won't ever disappear as long as one human can fuck another into getting what they need or want. So what's the big deal? Why is this topic more connected to crime, depravity, and exploitation than alcohol and violence? The other two cornerstones of civilization. Wow, I really chose to come out swinging. When I first sat down to research this episode, I thought that my opinion was well-reasoned and empathetic. Now, uh, I'm not so sure. This is a big and very nuanced topic, one that I really didn't even think about beforehand. So, before I justify myself out of existence and you off the show, let's talk about selling cooch for cash on Why Aren't You Talking About This? Hello everyone, and welcome to Why Aren't You Talking About This. Before we get into the topic, I want to thank you for listening to the very first episode. Whether you're listening right after it's posted, or going back in time for some blackmail material, thank you so much. It means the world to me that my voice is blasting into your eardrums. I am your host, William. I'll be your guide through the topic each episode, and I'll hopefully have something at least a little interesting to add. Probably not, though. Uh, going forward, the section before the show actually starts would be where I address any pressing issues, but, you know since it's the first episode, instead I'm going to describe how this works. So each episode I'll be picking a contemporary political, social, or economic topic that is either really divisive or misunderstood. Then I'll present to you some of the history information I found on it, some general opinions and beliefs around it, and then I'll tell you what I think. Because everyone knows you can trust the white guy with the podcast. We love telling people what we think. Now let's get into it. So, William, I hear you asking, what's the first episode about? Well, voice in my head, it's about prostitution. Can't really imagine a heavier swing to enter in the podcast and it started with something so controversial and hard to actually talk about. Now, if you don't really know what prostitution is, how it works, or really anything you need to know about the topic, I got you. We'll start with what it is. And this definition is a lot easier than what you might assume at first. Prostitution is, in simplest terms, sex for money. Ask for cash, uh, blowjobs for buckaroonies. God, I I wrote out this joke, and now that I'm reading it out and actually recording it, I'm realizing, <laughs> whatever, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, so before we go any further, there are two terms I want to describe to you. Uh, these are the terms pimp and john. Um, now, a john is just the terminology that you'll see for a client. Uh, you'll see this all over the place, and if you didn't know before, I'm actually a little bit surprised. It's pretty common, even like police dramas, to say that. Uh, now, pimp is a little bit more in-depth. Um, it's the male version of what's basically a manager. 
Uh, when women are in this role, they're usually called madams. Uh, on paper, this can sound fine, a little dubious, but fine. Uh, but in practice, this usually means a lot of shitty and really abusive things. Since prostitutes are the pimp's moneymaker and it's illegal. Prostitution is usually called the oldest profession and its definition hasn't really changed a lot over the years. Just about any kind of monetary transaction where one party trades money for sex is prostitution. Kinda. Let's see, prostitution is under an umbrella often called sex work, where you make other people horny in exchange for money. This includes porn, stripping, erotic dancing, and of course, prostitution. Now, in my opinion, even though it's technically not sex work, and even if it is, it's technically not prostitution, I think escort services count. And that's because of the different flavors of prostitution. The one you've probably seen on TV and in movies is street prostitution, where the woman in question stands on the street corner and takes money for favors there, which is super fucking dangerous. There's a reason why this kind is usually depicted in murder police dramas. Next is window prostitution, which is the kind you see in red light districts like Amsterdam. Places that support this kind of prostitution, you'd basically run an office with a window and I fuck people as they walk by. While you do pay rent and you might not make anything, it's somewhat safer than just being on the street. And there's brothels. I, you should be pretty familiar with this, and not just because your mother lives in one. It's a place where prostitutes share the same space, with usually a pimp or madam running the place. And now... Quickly to explain why I think escort services are prostitution. So, in the basic setup, an escort service is basically a date rental. Like, if you're going to a fancy party and it would be weird to show up alone, you hire an escort to gas you up. And to me, it's prostitution not because of that. That part's just kind of fucking sad. No, it's prostitution because usually sex is included. Not always, but usually, but it's not technically part of it, so they kind of technically get a free pass legally, which, obviously, that's dumb. Uh, but now we're going to talk about the other two kinds of prostitution, which I'm actually kind of sketchy about being actual prostitution. Virtual prostitution and sex tourism. Sex tourism is basically a tourism industry inspired by a whole lot of fucking, but that's not really its own thing. You aren't traveling to Amsterdam to watch two Dutch people fuck each other like you're in the lion exhibit with your kids. You're there to do the fuck with two Dutch people in the lion exhibit while your kids are at home missing their dad. So it's not really its own thing. Now, virtual prostitution might be more controversial to say isn't prostitution. It's basically any kind of sex work on the internet. Selling nudes, camgirling, making videos for porn platforms, which, in my opinion, is just sex work. Not prostitution, because videos and pictures are porn. So you're making porn, and if you're camming your audience isn't, and better fucking not be trying to touch you, which is kind of like stripping if you could shoved 19 and a half inches of fake penis up a hole on stage. I mean, if you expand the definition, phone sex and sexting counts, which, in my opinion, works a lot better as another branch of sex work. You know, but of course, my representatives won't take my calls on this because they're too afraid that little Bobby's going to figure out how to subtract 18 from the current date and learn about the birds and bees, and they don't know how to put a password on their computer, so instead it's called virtual prostitution so they can crack down on it whenever their kids figure out how to spell and I'm moving on. Also, getting serious for a moment, um, because there is one more thing that we need to cover before we really start talking about the history. Now, thus far, if you're one of those, well, what about men, or why you keep saying women, assholes, or, you know, you just generally don't get it, having this sound gendered is weird, to say the least. 
but that's because prostitution is largely and has largely been a woman's job. And that's wrapped up in a lot of issues we're going to get into later, but for now, what you need to know is that an estimate 80% of prostitutes identify as female. That isn't to say that men and other identities can't be prostitutes, but it's less common. Now, don't get me wrong, gentlemen, and straight gentlemen, I should specify. If you want to start selling your dick, balls, and holes, I, that's your prerogative. But that's the thing. You likely had a choice. As we'll discuss later, a lot of women don't exactly choose this profession because they love sex and want to do it all the time. So for most of this episode, prostitutes are going to be referred to as being feminine. Deal? Deal. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to the history. Okay, so the history of prostitution starts way back. There's records of sacred prostitution as far back as the Sumerians, which, if you don't know what that means, it's basically that some pervert in a position of power decided, hey, God wants me to fuck you, and the response wasn't a well-deserved uppercut to the tank. Herodotus, the big Greek smart asshole, which you know, really narrows it down, wrote about the Babylonians doing it. He said, and quote, the foulest Babylonian custom is that which compels every woman of the land to sit in the temple of Aphrodite and have intercourse with some stranger at least once in her life. Many women who are rich and proud and disdain to mingle with the rest drive to the temple in covered carriages drawn by teams and stand there with a great retinue of attendants. But most sit down in the sacred plot of Aphrodite with crowns of cords on their heads. There is a great multitude of women coming and going. Passages marked by line run every way through the crowd by which the men pass and make their choice. Once a woman has taken her place there, she does not go away to her home before some stranger has cast money in her lap and had intercourse with her outside the temple. But while he casts the money, he must say, I invite you in the name of Melita. It does not matter what sum the money is, the woman will never refuse, for that would be a sin. The money being by this act made sacred. So she follows the first man who casts it and rejects no one. After their intercourse, having discharged her sacred duty to the goddess, she goes away to her home, and thereafter there is no bribe, however great, that will get her. So then the women that are fair and tall are soon free to depart, but the uncomely have long to wait because they cannot fulfill the law. For some of them, remain for three years or four. There is a custom like this in some parts of Cyprus. End quote. Which... Honestly, kind of sounds like the plot of a hentai, but I'm not going to judge ancient traditions nearly that harshly. And also, the condemnation is going to be really ironic for later when we uh, talk about how the Greeks get down. Trust me. The funny thing is that Herodotus, unlike most of the time, isn't bullshitting. Along the Tigris and Euphrates were temples called Houses of Heaven, where it is customary for unmarried women to act like pro- to act as prostitutes, act like prostitutes, act as prostitutes in some kind of divine right. I want you to imagine that, being an ancient Celt or ancient Chinese dude or anything, anything from far away, and you somehow end up in Mesopotamia at the time, you're sailing down the Tigris River and there are just these huge temples filled with half-naked women and it's divine law to have sex with them. Crazy. Uh, now, before you go Google if these places still exist and how to get there and how much is a plane ticket and all that, remember two things. One... This is modern-day Iraq and Syria, not really known for text, for text tourism, for sex tourism. Also, Emperor Constantine, like a good Christian boy, shut them all down about 1,600 years ago. Also, sex work is included in the Hammurabi Code, you know, one of the oldest surviving sets of laws to ever exist. 
how the laws say really implies the prostitution already existed for a while, since it doesn't really act like, hey, we need to discuss these crazy fucking women who figure out the secret. Instead, it's an 18th century BCE document that says, if a devoted woman or a prostitute to whom her father has given a dowry and a deed, therefore, then her father die, then her brothers shall hold her field and garden and give her corn, oil, and milk according to her portion. Also, if a sister of a god or a prostitute, such nice names for it, uh, receive a gift from her father and a deed in which has been explicitly stated that she may dispose of it as she pleases, and she may leave her property to whomsoever she pleases. Which is somehow more progressive than what a lot of politicians that buy prostitutes think about them today. What I think it says in the first half is basically the prostitutes are still entitled to the fruits of their dowry, anything given to them in their will, but their family takes care of it. Now, either this is to rob women of land, or it's being considerate, because she's too busy plowing to plow a field. With how this episode's going to go, I want to believe this is being nice, but honestly, it probably isn't. The second half basically restates it, but that if her father gives her something as a gift and is legally allowed to do what she wants with it, you can't take it because she fucks for a living. Which is nice. Nice-ish. I mean, she still can't keep it, but at least she could, like, give it to her kids or something. Anyways, from there we go to ancient Greece and Rome. I don't think this is surprising in any way if you even know a little about history. In ancient Greece, the higher level of prophecy was called, and forgive me if you know ancient Greek for some reason, hetara. Hetera. Whatever. Well, technically, this doesn't exactly imply she fucks for money. There was enough evidence archaeologically that was a common practice. Honestly, reading it, it sounds like the term hetaria was used in the same way that insult calls a woman a slut because she ignores his DMs and OnlyFans. While they would have sex for money, they were also artists and thinkers and often act as a quote-unquote female voice in Senate and other political meetings. Although, I mean, honestly, because it's ancient Greece, this is probably more like a secretary in the 50s and like a bad bitch colleague. The lower level is called porni, which I, I don't think I need to explain that to you. Ancient Rome was similar because, I mean, obviously, if ancient Rome is known for anything, it's the weird sex stuff in copying Greece. However, their prostitutes were divided between licensed and unlicensed, since the third thing everyone knows about ancient Rome is that they loved bureaucracy. Those being the Meritrix and the Prostibulae, respectively. Also, side note, the name of the license was a license of debauchery. Uh, now, besides these details, there are also some depressing ones. Uh, so firstly, prostitutes can marry and were considered infamous persons. I mean, they were unable to provide evidence in court and had a number of other civil liberties suspended. Unfortunately, that is also combined with the incredibly depressing detail that most prostitutes were either slaves or former slaves, and it was often the only work that they could get. If they even had a choice in the first place, because it was common to send captured women and girls to prostitute farms to force them into sex slavery, which is fucking disgusting. Uh, even more fucking disgusting is that Romans had a word for child prostitute, which is puela, and that translates to girlfriend. I need to wash my mouth out. Uh, before focusing on medieval Europe, I did want to mention a practice that seems weirdly worldwide. Everywhere I searched about prostitution and well, my search history is fucked up. 
something that came up pretty often was the two kinds of prostitute. The common horde version you'd see in taverns and fantasy settings, and a version identified even in misogynistic cultures as a contributing and thoughtful member of middle to high society that also slung some coochie on the side. It is wild to me that places as distant ancient Greece and ancient China agreed on this. It's also worth mentioning that another common practice worldwide is a system called trial marriage, where you could marry someone for a short period, fuck them till their dick falls off, and then say, psych, and God and the government just gives you the thumbs up and school with it. While in some places it would clearly be controversial to liken this to prostitution, oftentimes a dowry and gifts are still given, and the only real difference is a ceremony and a promise to be in love until you nut. Which isn't much different than hiring a normal prostitute. Well, except the priest that I'm making watch wants to be there. Now, while I think this is prostitution, the woman or girl in this case isn't a prostitute. She's a victim. Remember, prostitution is paying for sex, but this doesn't mean that the woman that's having sexual acts done on her is necessarily willing. I know that's really fucking dark, but I want to get ahead of anyone accusing me of making light of abuse like this, because I know. Okay. Now, the medieval period. So, I'm a medievalist, which means I like medieval history and really dislike the stereotype of the medieval period being that one long stretch of time where we were all big, dumb, stupid assholes that hunted witches for Sky Daddy and hated science and books. Because one, it's inaccurate, and two, I just described all of human history. But even I was surprised by how progressive it seemed to be. Well, obviously, the Church of Moral Authorities didn't like it. Surprisingly, a lot of secular law couldn't be fucked to care. Prostitution was defined, and red light districts and special legal rules were designed later into the period, but largely it seems like prostitutes weren't particularly more hated than poor people. In fact, in many places in Europe, it was seen as a temporary job women would take sometimes. While you were a prostitute, you did often have fewer rights and had to wear some sort of marker, like a yellow hood if you're in London. You wouldn't face anything but gossip when you stopped working as one. As a prostitute, you can't be a witness in court, unlike Rome but you can't bring charges to someone nor defend yourself from any charges, which is shitty. So what did they define prostitution as? Loosely, I'd say, but here it is. A prostitute is any woman who, quote, receives two or more men in their house, and as a woman who did business trading their bodies within the confines of a brothel. Now, think about that for a moment. I know they're being really cheeky in the first definition. They really mean a woman that invites two or men home from the bar, but imagine the legal loophole. Technically, you have your friends Hans and John over one night to discuss Jesus and the Crusades and wake up the next morning to the barrister handing you a yellow hood and calling you a whore to your face. My group of friends, when we hang out to drink, we all go to the same house. That is three guys going to another man's house where his girlfriend lives. I'm technically, by the medieval definition, she might be a hooker. I'm kidding love you. But now, why were prostitutes so accepted in secular law? Well, because according to many medieval lawmen at the time, they performed a valuable service, as long as they stayed in their area. If they stay in the red light district, then men who want to rape or hit women can go there and pay a prostitute the fuck until he gets raping domestic abusing energy out. Yikes. Although there's still an argument today for why it should be illegal, and honestly, literally the worst one I've ever heard. So you may be asking yourself, why doesn't every major city have brothels and prostitution be illegal? Isn't a lot of our western groundwork for law based on the medieval period? 
Well, I'll tell you, but first you need to shut the fuck up and listen. This is a podcast, and my podcast, I can't hear you, and if you don't want to hear me talk as much as I want to hear me talk, why are you listening? Anyways, the reason you'll see a lot of STDs, which sounds like it'd be reasonable, right? I mean, there's a mean case of Puscock going around, maybe it's time to close the brothel. And, well, sure, that makes sense, it's not primarily what did the practice it. See, it was actually already common to close brothels when an outbreak of any disease got bad. Because prostitutes are people too, and they don't want to get the flu, the clap, the snap, or the plap. So what usually happened is that prostitutes were scapegoated for moral degradation and VD outbreaks, and then moral authorities would step in and say, stop selling pussy, you're making Jesus cry. And then everyone would go home. Or they'd die, you'd be excommunicated, but, you know, semantics. Uh, it was also usually a power grab because royals and churches didn't like lawmen and secular government gaining more power. And that's why we don't see it everywhere today. Okay, okay. I'm itching to move on to the modern day, and it's not the case of Buscock. So real quick, let's talk about American prostitution. Because what you need to know is that before the early 1900s, prostitution was one of those things in America that just sort of happened. I mean, like, no religious or legal authority necessarily liked it, but no one was normally very interested in doing something about it. Until there was a moral panic or a disease outbreak that needed a scapegoat, then you'd have literal angry moms throwing prostitutes out of town or trying to kill them. And this kind of thing was commonplace until about 1910 to 1915, when it became a target of the women's temperance movement. Now, look, I understand what they wanted to do, what the WTM was trying to do overall, and in a lot of ways they made strides in the overall quality of life and power of women in America. I'm not exactly at the front of the line to shake their hands, because, yes, they helped cut back on rampant alcoholism and domestic violence, but prohibition was more of a mistake than 2016 to the present has been. While prostitution carries with it a lot of unsavory things we'll talk about later, saying it's immoral and trying to ban it entirely isn't as helpful as many of us want it to be. One good thing to come out of it was the White Slave Traffic Act of 1910, which is a hell of a fucking name that really aged well. This act tried to limit human trafficking for quote-unquote immoral acts, which, with how that's phrased, made it seem like trafficking for completely moral acts is fine. You know, like if you traffic people to fill up pews at your local church, or to help with charity. Then a combination of the 1938 nat- natural National Venereal Disease Control Act, which gave the government power to investigate and study VD and other infections, the 1941 May Act, which could prostitutes out of areas near military bases helped kill prostitution in America. So, basically, American prostitution has become criminal and immoral for a lot of the same reasons why drugs have. Prohibition, moral panic, war effort, trying to motherfuck a minority for no reason at all, and maybe a tiny bit of trying to help. From there, as you walk through American history, you see waves of moral panic surrounding prostitution, which is usually tied to anti-sex sentiments itself. Which is really dumb in my opinion, because being anti-sex, on a societal level, you can do it on a personal level, doesn't make sense because the vast majority of people have sexual feelings in sex. So, not only denying it, but then saying sex is bad is just fucking, whatever, I'll get back on topic, there'll be more of that later. There's one more thing I want to touch on before we hit the modern era. Coyote. Now, Coyote is fucking awesome. It's an organization that was formed in 1973 in response to one of these waves of moral panic. This particular wave was anti-sex and anti-porn. 
Coyote was founded as a sex workers' rights organization that has been characterized as basically a sex workers' union, including having their own journal, The Coyote Howls. Their message is basically that sex work is work, and that women should have the right to safely do whatever the fuck she wants with their body. To that end, in addition to publishing about sex work, they also advocate all the following. Sex education, child care, women's health, feminist causes, reporting sexual assault and rape, sexual health, and gender issues. Anyone know the reason for their name? Because coyotes, generally speaking, are considered pests that are either left alone or kept at a distance until you need a scapegoat. And then they're either driven out or killed. Which is a goddamn genius way to name their organization. Also, their name calls for call off your tired old ethics. And depending on where you are, Coyote has different names. For example, if you find yourself in New York, they're called Pony, Prostitutes of New York, Hawaii, Dolphin, Dumb Obsolete Laws, Prove Hypocrisy Isn't Necessary, or Seattle, Sparrow, Seattle Prostitutes Against Rigid Rules Over Women, and just one more, LA Has Cat, which is California Advocates for Trollops. I fucking love these names. The original episode... About half of it was me just naming off these. Now, for a tiny bit of modern history, I really only found one thing that was all that interesting. At least, interesting to me. Sorry if I don't include your favorite piece of post-2000 prostitution history. It was super fucking boring. And fucking sue me, I dare you. You'll get nothing. Because this is my podcast, I know every sound I have to college. Uh, there was... This law in 2018, often called FOSTA-SESTA, that passed. Now, if you also didn't know what that means, you might be thinking, oh, that sounds kind of fun. It has a nice rhyme to it. But let me assure you, this is in fact the worst timeline and also American politics, so this isn't fun in any way, shape, or form. This law essentially allows the government to harshly punish digital platforms that host prostitution. Doesn't sound too bad, right? Well, you remember the flavors of prostitution? Now, technically, selling nudes, making custom porn, and camming are prostitution? Yeah. So, depending on your definition, you could sue or bring criminal charges to sites like Pornhub for having cam girls on their site if you find a jury and judge that agrees. This also means that dating sites with prostitutes on them can't sift through the creeps as easily because they can't just come out and say they're a prostitute. Because if they do, they have the website bearing down on them. It means that many women who become prostitutes are forced to do business in person which is super fucking dangerous. Alright, and with the history out of the way, let's look at the modern state of prostitution. I think the best place to start when we talk about the current status of prostitution is the numbers and legalese. Worldwide, as of 2012, there are an estimated 40 to 42 million prostitutes. Assumably, this number isn't exactly volunteered, and it's probably from arrest records and places where prostitution is legal. So that's probably a low-ball number, at best. Now, of that, about a million are in the U.S. And again, apologies for getting dark here, but 75% of these 40 million are between 13 and 25. So, conservatively, we're looking at a branch of sex work primarily done by 24.6 million women and girls between the ages of 13 and 25, which is a low ball. And it fucking sucks. Now, I couldn't find anything reliable for the estimated value of prostitution worldwide, but a few sketchy websites, I'm surprised they give my computer a virus, claim about 185 billion USD. So, now, where is prostitution legal? So, in 21 countries, it's fully legalized, being Cape Verde, 
shit. Uruguay. Fuck. Eritrea. God. I'm bad at pronouncing names. Panama, New Zealand, Lebanon, Sierra Leone, Switzerland, Hungary, Greece, Bolivia, Netherlands, Ecuador, Venezuela, Australia, Mozambique, Peru, Colombia, Germany, Turkey, and Bangladesh. Which is a pretty wide range of cultures. In Indonesia, prostitution is decriminalized even though it's generally frowned upon. And in El Salvador and the U.S., prostitution's legality depends on where you are. In El Salvador, pimping is illegal, like in most other places, and local law might have laws against it, but nationally there isn't any laws against it, as long as it's not kids or trafficking, which is good. In the U.S., it's like everything in the U.S., the law is a fucking mess. It's illegal in a few counties in Nevada. There are six total. I'm not going to list them. You can look that up yourself, you perv. But beyond that, it's entirely illegal. But technically speaking, there isn't really federal laws against prostitution specifically. It's almost entirely state law. So technically, you could call your local representative to get legalized, like I said that I was earlier. Which I'm not, by the way. They blocked my number. But focusing on the U.S., what exactly does the law say? Well, prostitution in the U.S. is defined as the commission by a person of any natural or unnatural sex act, deviate sexual intercourse, kinky, or sexual contact for monetary consideration or other things of value. Which, yeah, that sounds about right. Now we get into the issues with prostitution, and since this is episode one, I'll explain this a little bit. So usually I won't be making episodes about things in the U.S. that aren't a problem or is going particularly well. Generally, what happens is I get angry about something and I dedicate way too much time thinking about it and then eventually do enough research to make these episodes. So any topic we cover here is one that I have an issue with in its current state. And prostitution is a big one. There's a lot of issues around it that really deserve their own hours-long podcasts each. But being a white man that's never slung my cock around for money, I feel like I'm not really the person to be going in-depth on these. The least controversial, least emotionally, is the feminist angle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay, okay. I hear every person redder than the color magenta turning this off right now, but hold on one second, okay? Feminism, academically, on the common perception, is a direct reaction to a patriarchal society. Basically, taking in ideas and concepts not accepted by a male-oriented society. It's not the free-bleed, no-bra, short-haired, bisexual teenager worrying about everything that seems like conservatives are angry they can't fuck. It is also that, especially that last part, but mostly, academically, it's patriarchy. But how does this relate to prostitution? Well, there's a huge debate in feminism about it. And the question comes down to this. Is the commodification of the female body for sexual acts an expression of freedom and power in a sexually repressive society, or is a form of oppression and objectification justified by the false choice of offering payment? And this is important because how you answer really speaks to how you'll probably view prostitution on a whole. And it draws really weird battle lines where the teenager I mentioned earlier stands shoulder to shoulder with a Bible-thumping pastor against prostitution, while an academic feminist professor stands alongside a degenerate, horny 17-year-old. The thing is, is that like a lot of feminist philosophy, this question can't really ever be answered because it gets wrapped into a constant fight of semantics. But you'll find this all over the place in an argument, and it's fucking important and excellent to ask yourself. Are you comfortable potentially exploiting women and adding to their objectification if it might end up allowing some women to be more free and escape poverty? 
I personally don't know the answer. The biggest issue with prostitution on a whole is how exploitative it is. Now, this might take a moment for some of you out there, but this is kind of obvious when you put a little thought into it. It's a dangerous and illegal job, and one that, depending on how you do it, might not make you much money. Very few people get into it because they love sex or being in danger. Most of the time, the reason people get into it is from very common questions. How am I going to afford rent? How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to have enough money to eat today? And these questions aren't asked by people with a mortgage and a nice steady accounting job. No, these questions are asked by people who are jobless, underpaid, homeless, or disabled. Unlike what some men may think, women know that people want to fuck them. So when a woman gets in a situation where she's desperate and can't get a job or work more hours, prostitution is just another hard choice in a series of hard choices. This means that most commonly poor and minority women are in prostitution in the U.S. And it's the same with illegal immigrants who can't find other work and may have a hard time pressing charges. So, in America, who are the prostitutes? Minority women who can't find other employment. While it's not seen as much in the U.S. and other parts of the world where the elderly receive a universal pension, it's possible to see elderly women in prostitution to afford the cost of just existing. We also can't deny that child abuse and trafficking is very common in prostitution. Since demand is everywhere, the only place in the world where there aren't enough prostitutes means that traffickers will, would be willing to abduct these vulnerable women and send them there. And since most prostitution is illegal, it also means it's easier for fucking scumbags to use underage girls. And on the larger scale, since prostitutes are usually seen as criminals in most places, it's hard to press charges or get out when they want to. Physical abuse is also excessively common, as are murders. Since almost by definition, the customer base can't get laid any other way because they're probably fucking scumbags. And without any legal recourse, these fucks can just get away with about anything. Apathy from law enforcement and the public is really common, so these women aren't usually well looked after or justice pursued for them. Prostitution can also be used for blackmail and extortion, creating a cycle where a pimp holds the potential charges over a prostitute's head to keep her in it. And, on top of all of that, prostitution is rife with drug addiction, either as the reason for entering into it, or as a coping mechanism to deal with the abuse and stress. And all this means that desperate or unwilling women and girls are forced into a system of sex for money without any way out of it and no legal recourse for anything. Which means that in the current state of things in the United States, vulnerable women are being abused physically and sexually for money, and the government won't do a goddamn thing about it. Sorry, I'm going to take a moment. So, I think it's clear that prostitution has a lot of issues. And honestly, if you don't think something needs to be done, I need you to do a favor for me. I need you to stick a 10-foot pole up your ass, climb a ladder, and hang yourself a metal co-hanger from a power line. Or politely get fucked to death. Prostitutes are people and vulnerable people at that. And they're being harmed. It should be as simple as that. So before I start prematurely soapboxing. Let's talk about how others feel about this. Okay. I'm calm now. So let's look at some options. First let's look at some numbers. In 2012 there was a poll that asked if prostitutes should be legal and why. 38% 30%, of people asked answered some version of yes with either a fuck yeah at 12% or eh, sure at 26%. Uh, 
48% said no with either a, oh, fuck no, at 31%, or, eh, nah, at 17%. And 14% of the people just copped out and just kind of shrugged. So, from there, the 38% of people had some of the following answers as to why it should be legal. The highest was health control at 26%. This is basically that if we have legal prostitution, we can control the spread of STDs and make sure only healthy prostitutes are slinging cooch. Which, didn't we just cover this? Like, sure, prostitutes could easily be a vector, but this is a very, very old argument. And one that probably isn't universal. <sighs> Whatever. In second, with 25% is lower exploitation. And I've covered this as, uh, at best, because... I mean, the act of being a prostitute who's dying of desperation isn't buying her services at all an act of exploitation. 23% is taxes. Basically, consider what the government could get a slice of that $185 slipping through the cracks. I say $185. $185 billion slipping through the cracks. For a long time, this is a big reason for me personally. And not because it was important to me, but because I feel like if you want to legalize something, there has to be something in it for the government that isn't just being a good person, because obviously, they're not going to do it. And while I still think that makes some sense, this gets to be a problem when you consider that the average prostitute isn't really making a lot. And they want to attack the fuck out of them? <sighs> At 15% of the people that don't see this as a crime in a moral sense. Basically, if we didn't treat it like a crime, there, then there wouldn't be some big, bad societal or moral harm in it. And this one I largely agree with, but also, I think this would only be true if we never had a moral legal issue with it. But how things are right now, legalizing it because there's nothing wrong with it, ignores the fundamental issue that this isn't exactly a choice. And finally, at 11% is the suffocate the illegal sex trade, which I get, you know, this one makes sense. Basically, the government, with all its power and resources and rules, enters into the sex trade, which means that Uncle Sam becomes Daddy Sam and therefore drives other pimps and criminal organizations that specialize in prostitution out of business and either into prison or into another country that isn't our fucking problem anymore. And, you know, while I agree with that on some level, I really think that what this does is makes the illegal sex trade more specific. It wouldn't just be any woman who's a prostitute. It would become exclusively children and other unwilling participants because that's where the illegal market would be. Pedophiles and rapists still exist, and kids and violence will still be attractive for them. Unfortunately. Now, for calm. First, if 44% is morality. While before researching, I would have laughed and been an asshole and called these people dumb, and now I get it. There are and always will be moral concerns with prostitution being illegal. That being said, I think it's worse to do nothing at this point. Maybe not legality nationwide, but fucking something would be nice. Secondly, at 25% is STDs, which, like the diseases themselves, I'm very unhappy to see it again. We talked about it twice already. Fucking stop. Prostitutes aren't the biggest reason for STDs, and legalizing it won't mean that people will walk around with puscock like it's no big deal. That also implies that most people don't have at least one STD already. I mean, about two-thirds of all people have herpes, so, you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Thirdly, at 17% is religious reasons. This is the God said no argument. And, you know, excuse me if you're religious, but that's fucking brain dead. A lot of stuff is legal that God doesn't like. If you use this argument, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're cherry picking from your holy book of choice to justify not liking women. Then at 9%, we have marriage issues, which, like, sure, maybe marriage will suffer, but 
people want to cheat on their partner with a prostitute was going to cheat anyways. So it's not like this is a particularly good argument on its foundation. But even ignoring that, it's kind of a weird argument to me. It, it's saying that prostitution shouldn't be legal because people would rather fuck a hooker than their own wife. Which is sad. I mean, if you're with someone that you don't want to have sex with, why? Well, I, of course, this is asked by a single 23-year-old man talking to no one in a dark room about prostitution. So take it with a grain of salt. And finally, at 5%, we have increased demand, which I'm surprised this is so low. I mean, in my mind, this is halfway legit. I mean, if the sex trade becomes legal, I think a lot of lonely single men would be willing to at least give it a try. With that increase in demand, either the price shoots up or there would need to be more prostitutes to compensate, which opens the door again for illegal prostitution. So, I mean, this is a legit concern. I'm surprised so few thought of it. Okay, so what are some actual actionable things? Well, if you wanted to say illegal, which I don't, there are some options. First, create intervention programs and buff the shit out of our social services programs so that the shit show doesn't exist. Which makes sense. I mean, if there's no desperation, there's no need to become a prostitute. Well, what exactly the intervention programs entail is hard to say. I would personally think something like a social worker trying to help the person through whatever is making them turn to hooking is the perfect option. And if that sounds too socialist for you and you're starting to see red, we have other options. Number two is to raise awareness and basically scope out where prostitutes hang out. The thought is that by doing this, you reduce the demand by making them both harder to find and easier for police to spot. So, for example, if you have Officer Smith, who drew the short straw today, go to high schools and tell kids what to look for when you're, sc- when you're scoping out hookers. Then, you set up cameras to patrols around the area that they usually hang out in. So that you can then catch a bunch of horny teenage boys way in the street corner looking for a hooker to look like a few years ago with money in one hand and dick in the other. And I'm I'm joking, but barely. And this sounds like dare, but it's half as effective. Then there's targeting the client base, which basically means that instead of trying to arrest prostitutes, you arrest Johns. And hey, yeah, this would work pretty well. I mean, think about it. The three kinds of people that are going to hire prostitutes are the people who are really fucking lonely, really fucking evil, are really fucking into paying for fucking. So lonely guys won't want to get arrested, so it's more likely they'll stay away. Evil guys will, I mean, maybe they'll get caught. Or at least be more careful and slip up more often. And, you know, the last group just can't get hard unless they're paying for the ride like a rocket ship outside a grocery store. So they'll either do it anyways or go get help. You know who this is not working out for? The prostitutes. Two or three times they're losing money, and one of three times they're getting fucking murdered. This is actually a good time to flip to the other side. What if it's legal? What then? Well, taking into account how other places in the world do it, there's, again, some options. One, we license prostitution and just let people at it. This is the one I'm most in favor for, but clearly there's an issue. Daddy Sam wants his money. Which means you're asking a broke woman to pay money for something that lets her sell her body. Clearly, that's sad and gross. But that also means that a good chunk of the people this affects won't be helped since clearly you need to be 18 for a license. Number two, we steal the Nordic model. This model of legal prostitution is that while it's illegal to buy a prostitute, you aren't punished for being one. In fact, the state will help you get out of poverty. 
I think this is a cool idea, but here's the problem a lot of tractors have. If you give people a record for buying a prostitute, who do you think will buy? People who don't care if they have a criminal record for that. And that limits the customer base to people who think they can get away with it, or to people who have a much worse criminal record. And that is super fucking dangerous. Third, we legalize only brothels and basically create prostitution companies. Now, this sounds the most American, and while I can't find anywhere that technically has this, there are a lot of places in the world where prostitution inside a brothel is legal, but otherwise illegal. Now, looking at this seriously, we do seem to have something here. I mean, brothels are decently safe, usually, and and they are con- and they are a concentrated place to have prostitutes rather than a widespread across a city, which, if we're being honest, suburbia will love that because they don't have to look at the suffering. So this puts in a good place, right? 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 Uh, you can probably tell where this is going. Tell me, when was the last time you really wanted to go to work? When was the last time you refused to do something you're being paid to do? When was the last time you had a vacation? Yeah, when sex is done without enthusiastic consent, it's best at a depressing night with your strange wife. At worst, that's rape. And I think about it like this. If the work is unionized, you have people debating with the company and making compromises on what will essentially be rape. And if it's ununionized, yeah, it turns into 1920s factory conditions with a whole lot of dick and cum. I, which, this is another great time to bring something up. Prostitution, because of its ties to sex, has to be treated like sex. Because any solution where we don't completely treat it like sex becomes creepy. I look at our solutions here. Sex license? Illegal to ask for sex, but legal to give it? Sex shops that sell actual sex? I see that... Doesn't that sound kind of weird and creepy? Alright, let's get to the part you've been waiting for. My soapboxing. I'm kidding, I know no one actually wants to hear my opinions. Not at this stage, at least, but I'm going to give them anyways. You don't have a choice in the matter. What do I think about prostitution? Well, I mean, before this episode, I was actually pretty open to it. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a lonely man who hasn't gone on a date for almost six years. Do you think it hasn't crossed my mind? I mean, I saw it as an untapped potential, and the thing holding us back was deeply conservative Bible thumpers and Sigma male incels. I've been exposed to the other side of it, too. I've seen friends turn to it to make money out of desperation. I've seen that seedy, shitty side of it. I've been listening to true crime for years. I know how vulnerable women in that position are, and it scares the shit out of me. I want people who are prostitutes to do it for fun. People who genuinely love it and want their clients to be respectful and good to them. Not, not what we have now, and what I've learned has been the norm for centuries. And after this episode, I have weaker convictions. I've been woken up to how awful this can be and how often it's much worse than awful. Prostitution is dangerous and questionable in all regards. And it's an interesting question of morality, one that I still don't think is wrong, but it's hard to have fun with that question with the knowledge that right now, a woman is having sex against her will for a handful of dollar bills and a hope that this guy won't kill her. I mean, I, I tried to think of any silver lining. Anything I can really think of, I learned that justifies me still not seeing it as morally wrong. And the only thing I can think of is choice. In a perfect world, this would be a choice. I mean, not an easy one, of course, but not one where the options are turn tricks or die. I see prostitution as a possible positive outlet for a very specific kind of person. 
someone who needs money and loves sex and doesn't care about the details. And I think if the person isn't evil, prostitution can serve as a good way for inexperienced or lonely clients to build some sexual confidence. But remember the operative word there, if. Too much rides on if this is uplifting or if things were actually okay the whole time. So where do I stand on the debate of if it should be legal? Well, I actually don't think it should be. At least not yet. I mean, decriminalized, yes, but not legalized. Because until we fix all the broken parts of our society, and in many ways, humanity itself, prostitution will be fair, happy, or exploitation-free. On some level, it will be an act of desperation. I think that no one should be punished for their desperation, but we shouldn't have this as a fully legal option yet. That gets to be the reward for fixing our society. And hey, I'll tell you what. The day we fix poverty, I'll buy a round of fuck for everyone. Wow, an insane episode. I'm glad you've stuck with it through the end. I hope you enjoyed it, or at the least found it informative. Don't forget, wherever you're listening, to subscribe to the podcast feed, like it, leave a review, all that shit. Send me an email at waithatpods at gmail.com. That is W-A-Y-T-A-T-P-O-D-S. Let me remember how to spell at gmail.com. With questions, concerns, opinions, topic suggestions, love letters, hate letters, sexy letters, and anything else you want to talk about. Remember to check out my other podcast, Wait Hat Nerd, where I do basically the same thing with nerd topics like fantasy, sci-fi, role-playing games, etc. Hopefully my first couple episodes there aren't nearly as sad as this one. But anyways, have a good night, don't murder, have fun, and if you partake, tip your hooker. This has been Why Are You Talking About This? And I've been your host, William. Good night.